0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Take Time for Torah, number 830. I hope you all well are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyesmach at take time for torah.org What I wanted to talk about today was this idea that we have in this week's parsha, and it's come up before in the Torah as well, the idea of the Jews leaving Egypt, not only with, of course, the clothes on their back, not only leaving with their freedom, but of leaving with great riches so this idea we know was promised to avraham and parshish avraham is told that at the same time your children ki lahem, osam, they will be subjugated they will be afflicted for 400 years and the nation that does it to them i will judge and we're going to get back to this later in the week, the Yetzirah, they will leave with a great amount of wealth. And so there's a discussion about it. What exactly is the nature of this great wealth? Rashi there says it's money. Very simply, it's. What else could it be understood as? The Ksav HaKabbalah, for example, understands that, yeah, well, generally it might be understood as. Referring to money, there's a deeper idea over here. He says that the rechush was not just a financial rechush, financial wealth, but also a spiritual wealth. The Jews had to go through this experience to be redeemed, to have God impact their lives so directly so that they would see God firsthand, they would understand, and they would have their faith built off of those experiences. What they ultimately acquired, the great benefit, the great wealth that they required was not a financial one, but it was a spiritual one. He says, that's the goal. The goal was this ruchosh, and that's what Abraham has promised. It's not just about money, it's about something much larger. But of course we know that there was this financial element, something which seems to be akin to reparations. As a matter of fact, as a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin talks about how different, uh, you know, something, I don't know, like the UN, I guess, uh, there would be different people who would come before Alexandrus Muktam and have these claims, one country, one nationality against the other. And they would talk about not just uh, current the de- fights and current debates, but they would talk about historical debates and historical claims, one against the other. And so it tells a story in Sanhedrin Daf Tzadik Aleph Ahmed Aleph, it tells the story of Egypt coming before... Alexandrus Muktam, this character, this Alexander the Great, perhaps, and saying that, uh, listen, they took our stuff and we'll see the language in the Puzzle in this week's power they took our stuff, and they borrowed it, or at least they said, they said they would borrow it, and they never returned it. And so, you know, they owe us all sorts of money. Of course, the Jews respond, what do you mean? Give us the amount of money, multiplied by the amount of people who worked for all of those years. Those reparations would far outweigh what we took from you, and so the claim is quieted, and there is no claim. And so there's this element for sure that the rechush gadol, the great wealth that Abraham has promised, of course, is this financial payout for all of the hard work that was done throughout all of those years. Now, there's a very interesting element to this that we find in the psukim of this week's parasha and parasha's bow. It says in Parakid aleph, pasuk be'ez, da'ber ha'am, God tells Moshe, please speak. In the ears of the people, And they shall borrow, That they shall borrow man from his friend, And a woman from her friend, Gold and silver utensils. Okay? And this is mentioned a bunch of times in this week's parsha. and this idea that the Jews are going to take after asking to borrow. Now, what's even more interesting is this phrase, God says to Moshe, Please speak into the ears of the people. What's this? Daber so The Ebenezer says, no nah here does not mean please. He says, no nah means now. Go now and speak to the Jews and tell them to go and borrow these things. Okay? Now, Rashi understands that na is lashon bakasha. It's a request. Meaning, God is saying to Moshe, please do me a favor. Go and ask them to please take from the valuables of the Egyptians before they leave. So Moshe is being told, please tell them to please take from the Egyptians. What's all this please about? Why are we being so polite? So the Gemara and Brachos explains that God is making the point, I made a promise to Avraham. I said, your children will be enslaved, and they will ultimately leave Beruchosh Gadol. So the enslavement, Avraham might say, you did, but what about the Beruchosh Gadol? And so, God, in order to support what he had told Abraham so many years before, needs them to go and do this willingly, and so please go tell them to take the Ruchosh Gadol, the great wealth, from the Egyptians. And that's based on the Gemara and Brachos. Now, why would one need to be convinced to take, right? That, that's really the obvious question here. You know, you don't need the rationale of do me a favor and do it because I promised something to Abraham. when somebody's being told to take your wealth. So the Gemara actually says the reason they weren't necessarily so excited to do it is because they're being told you're going to get out of Egypt. Of course, you will not any longer be enslaved. And also, by the way, you're going to get really wealthy. Okay, so the response, as the Gemara has it, is like Moshala Adam Shayachavish Bevesha Asurim. It's like a person who's imprisoned, and then somebody comes to him and says, Motzinos Chelamachar Bevesha and Harme. Tomorrow, they're going to take you out of jail, and they're going to give you a lot of money. Now, what's his response? His response is, Do me a favor, forget about tomorrow and all your promises, just take me out today. The idea of getting the rechush gadol, this great wealth, rang a little bit hollow to these people, because in this moment, they were still slaves. They were still under the thumb of the Egyptians, and so they didn't want to hear about money, and so they had to be told... Daverna, please speak so that they would listen and they would be encouraged to actually go through with it But of course there are other explanations for what's going on One of the big questions that's posed, of course, is what's this language of Avaya Shilum? They should be told to borrow, like were they told to borrow it or to take it? What was the presumption that the Egyptians were under? Were they going to be returning these things or were they not going to be returning these things? Rabin Abachi and others points out that, no, it was referring to uh, taking, and by yes, shilum can mean taking sometimes. So that solves some of the ethical dilemma. But there are other explanations for why it is that the Jews had to be told, please. They had to be asked, perhaps even begged. So the Siftei Chachamim understands, he says, you know what? One of the problems that they had was they were concerned of poking the bear, right? The Egyptian taskmaster, the people who were in charge, they were afraid, like, listen, if we get out, that's one thing, but we don't want them to chase us, which of course we see is exactly what happened later in the story. They do chase in order to try to recoup what they lost, not only in the slaves, but in regard to the wealth. And so they were afraid, perhaps, of taking because that would provoke the Egyptians to come after them. Also, they understood that that night, the night of Makas Bechorus, was going to be a very difficult night, and they didn't want to agitate. Uh, any further, right? That's another idea. That's um, that's another idea that's put forward. And another very relevant uh, modern idea, I think, is the idea that's offered by the Yeznayim Latorah. The Yeznayim Latorah says that one of their concerns was the idea of reparations. And the notion of blood money, right? You're going to tell me that I'm going to take this money and it's going to make everything that I went through, all of the suffering, all of the pain, all of the servitude, it's going to make it worth it, like we saw in the Gemara before. It's going to make everything that I went through somehow have a a financial element that you're going to be able to get out of it and just pay, there's a similar idea that's brought up with the famous verse of eye for an eye, ayin tachas ayin. The Torah in Mishpatim talks about the punishment for a person who pokes out or damages one person's eye, and it says, they shall pay an eye for an eye. And the question, of course, is, is that the actual halacha, an eye for an eye? Says the Gemara, absolutely not. It really means the value of an eye for an eye you pay financially for the damage that you did so if that's the case so of course why is it that the torah says the words eye for an eye and so it's to show many explain it's to show that it should be understood with the severity of a person taking an eye for an eye, meaning if you do such a crime, such a heinous thing you do to another person, really you deserve to lose your eye, but of course we can, because no two eyes are the same, and it wouldn't be an equitable punishment, and therefore we're forced to just send you a bill. But really that money is a cheap way of paying back for what was done. and so too the idea of reparations and blood money and trying to get out of your punishment with this ruchash is very difficult. The malbim understands interestingly that there is no duplicity and there's really uh, no problem at all ethically with anything that's going on over here. Many of the Rashon discusses this, and it's really worth a longer discussion, a share that I gave a few months back already in Parshas Lech Lecha. It's recorded somewhere if anybody would like more on this topic. But the Malbim says one last thing that's very interesting and I'll share with you. He says, really, taking this rechush was just a way to make their real estate holdings liquid. The Jews invariably over the course of many years owned a lot of property. They were leaving. They were walking out of the country. And guess what? When you walk out of the country, you can't take your stuff with you. They're never coming back. And so in order to transfer that real estate into something which is more liquid and portable, so they can take that amount of money outside of the country with them they needed to take the stuff from the people who they were leaving the real estate for and that is the malbum's understanding so altogether for whatever reason this wealth whether or not it was money or whether or not it was something spiritual whether or not it was justified uh, in however way it was justified as rep- reparations or something else this is the rekhush the wealth promised to avram and how it's fulfilled is what we find in this week's parsha have a great day and a great week